Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is the Pro Football Draft Junkie Podcast. Today is March 1st, 2021, and we are officially kicking off our divisional preview shows for the 2021 NFL Draft with the AFC South. Uh, Thank you guys for hanging in there and bearing with me as I get sorted through all my stuff. I had debated if I wanted to wait until free agency officially started on the 17th uh, to start these shows, but I figured I would just go ahead and do these shows now. And then as the free agents rolled in, I could just make notes and amend the shows later. Um, Because even as free agency starts on the 17th and signings become official, we're going to hear about stuff before the 17th. Even as, like today, J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals today, or he officially said he was going there today. You know, it won't become official till the 17th, but he announced he was going there, so... As I do these shows, we will find out more and more where guys are going, even though it doesn't become official till the 17th. So I didn't want to wait until, you know, I didn't want to wait another three weeks to start doing these. So I can do these divisional shows, talk about the team needs, and then amend them as we go. So I felt like that was the best way to do it. I'm excited to finally do this and then have other shows coming up. I love draft season. Like I said, you know, that's. It's funny, a guy who does a draft show, excited about draft season, you know, that obviously goes without saying. Um, been waiting to do this for a while. I'm really happy to get the show back up and going again. Love the podcast. Um, I really do miss doing it, and I, I am excited to be up and running and committed to doing this as much as I did in the past. Um, I have looked into getting my buddy, the matriculator, on here more. Um and hopefully we will be doing that more because it is. I do love doing this, but it is not as easy to do it by myself all the time, which is why I have looked into not just the matriculator, but having more guests on. Because um, it is nicer. It is nice to be able to bounce ideas off people um, when I get the chance. So a uh, lot of lot of interesting ideas we have in the works here. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the AFC South. Um, uh, draft outlook and team needs. So I usually do these. Um, let's go ahead and set up how I do these. Um, I had rules in the past, but the way I do it now, um, I don't really have, like I used to just do three needs, but I, I don't really like that rule anymore. I'll just, for some teams I'll name, it, it doesn't even have to be the same amount for each team. Some name, some teams I'll decide to name, you know, if a team's in, like, we're about to start with the Jaguars. I'm going to name a lot more needs for them than I am for the Titans. That's just how it is, and that's why I decided to change the format. Um, if I name a certain need first for one team, it doesn't mean it's more important. Like, for the Jaguars, obviously, I'm going to name quarterback first as their need. Um, if like like if, if it gets to another team, I might – like, if it's – just because I say that need first, it doesn't mean it's the most important. I will tell you if I feel it's the most important need. Uh, that's how I will go with that. I will na- I will say the team's picks, the first three, uh, their first, the picks that they have in the first three rounds, um, and then I'll just you know evaluate you know who I think they could target with certain picks. I I won't. I I said this in the past. I don't want to elaborate on who they will get in free agency too much because that's what. Uh, this is a draft podcast, so I'll speculate on who I think they'll go after in the draft. So without further ado, if I think of anything else, I will uh, get to that as we go through the show. So 
Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We usually go from worst to first also when we do the order. So let's start with the Jaguars team needs. Um, and as I said, there are a lot. This is a team that is uh, blowing, blowing it up and starting over. So uh, new new coach in Urban Meyer, new GM, Trent Baalke. Uh Team needs, I mean, you start with the most important position in, in uh, professional sports, and that's quarterback. Um all due respect to Gardner Minshew, I actually I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He reminds me a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's going to be in the league for a while, but I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. Um, and, you know, obviously you, you can't not go after, you know, when you have the number one pick, you have to go after Trevor Lawrence. And I think this is going to be a pretty open and shut uh, discussion here. But the Jaguars have been a team that has lacked that franchise quarterback since Mark Brunel. Um, you know, guys like Byron Leftwich was okay for a little bit, but didn't really pan out. David Garrard was, you know, a decent player for a little bit, but the Jaguars, again, since Mark Brunel have lacked an identity, especially as a small market team, to have that face of the franchise. You know, you think of those older teams of Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardo. It's the last time up until that one good year the Jags had in 2017 on their way to the AFC Championship where you really felt like the you know the the team in Jacksonville were formidable and had you know that that guy that you could just think of it's like oh that's the Jaguars Minshew definitely had the face but you know he he was limited in his physicality he was an efficient quarterback and I think that's why a lot of people fell in love with him but the league did start to figure him out. You know, he didn't throw a lot of picks, but he also didn't stretch the field very much. And I think that's where the league started to catch on. Um, Jaguars landed the number one overall pick. I don't think you think about it very much. You go after Trevor Lawrence. I think that's pretty open and shut. Um, Cause Trevor, you know, does just about has just about everything you look for in a franchise quarterback. Um, he's, the complete package of arm, instinct, legs. He's won at every level. Um, yeah, without elaborating any further. And he's the face, you know. I think he's fine. For a small market like Jacksonville, it's important to have a guy like that who can um, put butts in the seats. I mean, that's why they were talking about getting Tebow back in the day, was to just, you know, for a small market like that, you want to sell tickets at the end of the day as well. And I think Trevor will do a great job of doing that. So I think that's how you fix the quarterback position. Um, another team need, uh, you get the asset of the quarterback fixed. Now you got to look at fixing the offensive line. So let's look right here. You got Cam Robinson, left tackle is set to become a free agent. AJ can right guard is in his, is entering his last year, um, under contract. Um, so I know Urban Meyer has said that they're comfortable with the offensive line position. Um, that's something by the way, when coaches say that, it's it's hard to separate fact from fiction because if you're new to the NFL draft or new to coach speak, this is silly season and smokescreen season. It's hard to separate uh, what is fact and what is fiction right now because they are trying to throw everybody off right now essentially as well with what they say because they don't want anyone to know what they're really thinking. So it's, it's hard to believe, you know, what the team is really thinking. So what you can believe is what the contract situation is. And as of now, the Jaguars don't have a left tackle, you know, a starting left tackle because Cam Robinson's a free agent. So that's how I'm looking at it right now. Cam Robinson's a free agent. So 
uh, what do you do right now? The Jaguars have the 25th pick. They have the 33rd pick. They have the 45th pick. So if you decide to go tackle there, uh, some guys that can be available with that pick would be, you know, Sam Cosme out of Texas, Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. You can look at a guy like um, Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think Christian Darishaw is going to be there, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Might be one of – outside of Rashawn Slater – and Panay Sewell, uh, Christian Derrishaw might be uh, the next best tackle in that class. I don't think he will be there. The Jaguars could decide that, you know, guys like that are probably going to be in the 25 to 33 range. Um, you look at guys like that. Uh, you want to If you decide to look at interior line, you can look at guys like Elijah Vera Tucker at a USC. Um, Rashawn Slater, if you decide, yeah, if if you look at him as an interior offensive lineman, sure, but he's not going to be there anyway. Um, as far as interior lineman with that that later first round pick, Wyatt Davis might be another guy with that late first round pick. Other than that, uh, if you're going interior line, you'd probably just be better off waiting until the uh, third round if you decide to go that route you know get like a Landon Dickerson or Deontay Brown um you could do Creed Humphreys too I forgot to mention him excellent interior offensive lineman if you decide to go with the 33rd or 45th pick but the Jaguars definitely you're going to invest in Trevor Lawrence with the first pick with almost 99 100% certainty you have to protect him um you're looking at the line you got Cam Robinson unless you pay him you have a left tackle opening you can slide Jawan Taylor from right tackle to left tackle, but he has been in the league two years, and he's shown you some good things as a rookie, but he took a little bit of a backslide last year, so you have to decide what you want to do there, um, provided what they do in free agency. So offensive line is definitely a big area of need. Another area of need is going to be the cornerback position. Um, since, since Jalen Ramsey was let go, obviously the team – has has a big hole there and they spent the ninth overall pick on cj henderson last year who looked really good in the first game and then looked like a rookie you know in spurts you know got abused in a couple games and looked decent in a couple games um you're looking for him to come back for a nice sophomore season this upcoming year but still needs help uh dj hayden is a free agent um, you have Trey Herndon there, but you still need help. You you know, a lot of teams run three corners most of the time in today's league. Rashawn Melvin is an option, but he opted out last season and he's on a one year deal anyway, so you don't know how long he will he will be there. Um so you look at that and you you definitely look like you know, Sidney Jones is also a free agent. He played very well for the Jaguars last year, but as of now he's a free agent, so you look at that and you the Jaguars could, they definitely need an upgrade at that position. So, you again, the Jaguars are playing with um, that second first-round pick. They have two second-round picks and then the one third-round pick. So you, you, you can, uh, if again, with that second first-round pick, you can go with a guy like J.C. Horn, nice physical corner out of South Carolina. Um, let's see who else I think could be there if they decide to go in that late, you know, that, air, that pocket of picks from like 25 to 45. You could look at guy. It just it, a lot of it would depend on who slides, but I think you know, like J.C. Horn, Asante Samuel Jr. could be in that area. Eric Stokes out of UGA. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Farley and Sertan are both going to be long gone by then. 
Um, but I think the guys I said would be, you know, good options of being there. Paulson at Debo from Stanford would be would be there. Corner's always tough. You know, it just depends on who falls in love with, with who at that position and who ends up being a late riser in the process. But those would be some names to keep an eye on if you're a Jaguar fan at the corner position. And it also depends on scheme fit with the coaches. Um, and sp- uh, sticking with the secondary, I mean, safety's another position that the Jaguars need to address. You, They had Josh Jones playing strong safety last year. He's a free agent. Um, Andrew Wingard was the free safety. He has not looked to be a starting caliber safety in the NFL from the games that I've watched. And, yes, I am a Jaguar fan. I normally don't say that too much. But, yeah, I am a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. And he just – he doesn't, you know, he doesn't look to be up to caliber. So I feel like both safety positions need to be upgraded. Wingard, you know, needs to be replaced. And Josh Jones is a free agent. So uh, Daniel Thomas – Looked okay for a rookie last year, fifth round pick out of Auburn at the strong safety position, and it looks like you know we need a uh, they need a brand new uh, free safety. So what do you do there? And Jared Wilson has um, got one year left on his deal, so there are multiple options you can go with at the safety position. Um, I have the Jaguars taking Richie Grant out of UCF with the forty fifth pick, which I think would be a steal if he ends up being there. I I personally. Rankings are always fluid for me until, you know, right before the draft when I decide to nail down my big board. But for now, Richie Grant might be my top safety between him and Trevon Morig out of Texas Christian. But for right now, those two are about neck and neck. So Richie Grant, because it's not a great safety class, there's not a lot of elite safeties. A lot of these guys tend to be falling towards the, you know, 30 to 40 range as far as where they are being slated in mock drafts. So the Jaguars being able to get a guy like Richie Grant at the 45th pick would be great. So you could, you know, they could get a guy like that. They could get someone like Trevon Morig. If they want Morig, they'd probably have to get him with the 33rd pick, I would think, or maybe even the 25th. Um, Moving on, another big area of need for the Jaguars is going to be, and I just lump these positions together, will be wide receiver and tight end. You're looking at... um, Tyler Eifert just had his uh, option declined, so he's a free agent. James O'Shaughnessy is a free agent. Leaving your the, – the, the biggest option at tight end that they now have is Josh Oliver, who was the third uh, – the third uh, – excuse me – the third-round selection out of San Jose State in the 2019 NFL Draft. I believe he has a total of three catches in his two years in the league. He just can't stay healthy. Um, so you have to fix that, you know, um, I'll go to get to that before I get the receiver tight end is just something you, you got to fix. The Jaguars have had a big, a big hole at that position since Mercedes Lewis, uh, left a few years ago. Uh, you got to fix it. Um, and guys like that, you look to fix. There's the big three tight ends this year. Um, Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, and Brevin Jordan are the big three. Uh, obviously Kyle Pitts won't be there. Pat Fryermuth uh, at 25 is a realistic pick, uh, choice if the Jaguars decide to go tight end. I'm sure Pat Fryermuth should probably be there if the Jaguars would decide they would like to get him. I think a value option would be – it just depends. If it, Brevin Jordan, to me, I think is going to be, end up being one of the biggest sleepers in this draft class unless more teams catch on like I am right now. I watched the tape, and I'm seeing a guy that is being – very slept on right now. 
I did. I know I did say that he's part of the big three, but I, I still feel like he is being criminally slept on when I look at a lot of people's big boards. When I watch him, that's a guy that I, I see a top 20 talent. He, he'll probably end up cracking the top 20 on my uh, big board when it's all said, said and done. Um, this guy has elite after the catch ability. He, I'm sorry, I'm waiting on my iPad to finish loading up. Uh, great after the catch ability. He, uh, great route runner. I know his big bugaboo is injuries, and that is the one thing I think that is maybe keeping people from waiting uh, on him a little bit. Um, but that's not what I'm seeing when I read a lot of the scouting reports. I'm not seeing a lot of people talk about just the injuries. So I, I don't know why a lot of people have slept on him as much. I know some people might have wanted him to go back to school. I'm not sure. But Brevin Jordan would be a name that I think could come right in and make some noise for the Jaguars. Because, again, you you could have hoped that people would have would have missed the boat on Kyle Pitts. But that's just not happening anymore. He's... He's going to end up – he could possibly even be a top-five pick at this point. So even if you wanted to make a package and trade up, that's just that's just not going to be feasible at this point. That ship has sailed. But I think just depending on what Urban Meyer decides to do with that offense, if you want to go tight end, a guy like Pat Fryermuth or Brevin Jordan uh, I think will be the options. And like I said, I am a big Brevin Jordan fan. He's athletic as hell. He can line up anywhere, which is – you know. For a tight end, that's becoming more and more valuable, and he's a better, he's a good blocker. A lot of these, a lot of tight ends who are just like receiving threats aren't necessarily good blockers. Jordan is a good blocker. He's uh, like I already said, great after the catch. The only problem is, you know, the the injury bug, which is very important. The number one, uh, the number one thing you want out of a player is availability, and he's missed seven games in the three years he played for the Miami Hurricanes. So. Um, and it's 6'3", 245, that's a big dude that can move like he can. So um, I think that would be great if the Jaguars could get someone like that for Trevor Lawrence when they already have guys like uh, a guy like DJ Chark in that offense. But segueing, DJ Chark is one of the only guys they have at the wide receiver position because you look and Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, and D.D. Westbrook are all free agents. Uh, and I've, I, I, you know, I was getting – LaVisca Chenault is also – active on the team who was very good as a rookie last year. So they have DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. That's about, and Colin Johnson, by the way, who was a nice diamond in the rough in the fifth round. So DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault and Colin Johnson, but they're Keelan Cole, Chris Conley and DD Westbrook are set to be free agents. And if they lose those guys, they're going to need to add somebody. So it just, who do you add? You know, if they, again, the Jaguars, and this is what they've been planning on. You know, you traded guys like Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey. You've been planning, and and that's why if you're a Jaguar fan, you're very excited for this this uh, po- this uh, off season. And again, this this Jaguars one is going to be longer than a lot of the teams I talk about because there is a lot to unpack for this team. There are so many needs, and there's a lot to do. And yeah, so wide receiver, you want to you want to protect Trevor Lawrence, and you also want to get him as many playmakers as you can. So what do you do there? You got your vertical threats like DJ Chark and um, Lavisca Chenault, who can you know stretch the offense or stretch the defense out. Maybe you look at a guy like Rondale Moore, who's you know smaller and dynamic, can catch the ball out of the backfield and do all kinds of trickery and stuff like that, and just make a defense miserable. Uh, or if you decide to go later in the draft, you can go with Tutu Atwell out of Louisville, who's a just an absolute speed demon. 
it's there's a lot you can do. It just depends on what they decide to do with the draft capital. Um, you can decide to go with Demetric Felton, who's been a big riser for me, and I'm sure a lot of people as well, too, had a great senior bowl. Demetric Felton was the running back who converted to wide receiver, showed out at the senior bowl, decided he wanted to just go there as a senior, as a wide receiver, pardon me, and was unguardable in one-on-ones. And when he gets to the NFL, I think he's probably going to end up being used as a Swiss Army knife. And I think that would be a great weapon for a team like the Jaguars. You could even have him, you know, be a slot guy in the receiving position and then spell James Robinson, uh, the budding star running back, and, you know, spell him as the backup. Something like that would be great too. Um, And the last one I have on the list right now for, you know, a very pressing need would be defensive line. Josh Allen was the Jaguars' first-round draft pick in 2019, looked great as a rookie. Regressed a little bit this year, but I don't think that was all his fault. He was dealing with an injury, and he also didn't have the benefit of playing with guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell on this, and Malik Jackson and Marcel Darius on the same defensive line anymore. He was playing with Avery Jones, who's a good player, but he was playing with David Bryan, who has been a big disappointment. And, you know, like I said, he wasn't playing with the aforementioned guys who were just better players. You know, it is what it is. They were just better players. Um, and you look at Avery Jones, who's a free agent now. Taven Bryan has unfortunately been a big disappointment since being the number one, uh, the number, ugh, the first round pick for the Jaguars in 2018. Um, and beyond that, you have, you do have two promising young players behind that on the depth chart, though. You have Devon Hamilton, the third round pick from 2020, who was looking very good uh, for the Jaguars until an injury uh, ended his season prematurely. And then you have Doug Coston, who came out of nowhere, I believe Miami, Ohio, um, to really look good for the Jaguars last year. But, again, defensive line, you know, Taven Bryan's days are probably numbered with the team. Avery Jones is a free agent for now, so until he resigns, I look at him not being on the team anymore. You have these two young guns who look really good. That's two guys, so you still got to look. You need a rotating defensive line in the NFL. You just do. These guys get hurt. Uh, you rotate guys in and out. Guys get gassed. You need to add to that. You just do. So in my rec- most recent mock draft, which is uh, up right now, it's the last episode until this one that I had recorded, I have the Jaguars actually taking Christian Barmore out of Alabama with the 25th overall pick. Um, other guys, if they decide to go that route outside of the, obviously they're taking Trevor Lawrence, but if they want to go with like the 25th, 33rd or like 45th overall pick, uh, Barmore won't be there after 33, I don't think, but other guys in this range would probably be, uh, who, a guy, by the way, that I'm a big fan of is Davion Nixon out of Iowa, I think would be an excellent pick for whoever ends up getting him. Um, uh, like I said, young man out of Iowa, I think he's a really good interior he's that that you know the guy that the NFL is looking for now who's not just a run stuffer very excellent interior pass rushing defensive tackle a big fan of his or they can go for someone who's a more traditional like one to three tech uh like run stuffer like Levi uh, give me a second on his last name it's a long one Levi Anwuzurike I think that's how you say it out of Washington like I said he's more kind of the opposite of Davion Nixon to me, what I've seen. He's more of a run-stuffing one tech. It just depends on what kind of defense they're running out there uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, Give me a sec. Yeah, Joe Cullen, that's his name. Um, I'm not entirely sure what he's deciding he wants to do with his defensive line yet. 
Um, but those are guys that you can decide to look for with that D-line. Um, and, yeah, with that being said, that was a longer one. Um, that's something, that, you know, that's what to look for with the Jaguars going into um, going into the draft. Let's move on to another team that has a lot of work to do, but not nearly as much capital as the Jaguars. That could change, though, uh, once a big trade happens, and that is the Houston Texans. And if you're a Texans fan, I feel for you because, you know, the Jaguars, they did just have to trade a high-profile player two years ago, but, you know, their player wasn't a star, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Their player was, you know, the best corner in the league. You know, it's a lot different than, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, which, you know, that's painful. It's, uh, I feel your pain, but not on that level. That's got to hurt losing one of the faces of the league. Um, and quarterback I did have is a, that is a need, but I won't address that until there's some kind of news with Deshaun Watson. Cause I, there's no, I'm not going to speculate on that until there's any news. So I, you know, it's not going to be there. So with the Texans, you have, you know, the obvious need for an edge rusher because, you know, J.J. Watt was released, and then as of today, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. So you got to look at that. Um, Carlos Watkins is a free agent. Um, so you got Whitney Merciless and uh, Charles Omanihu, I think is how you say his name. I haven't actually looked it up yet, but those are the guys you know you have you have there again. And the the whole thing with the Texans is going to be there are a lot of holes on the team, and there's one pick. They have one pick within the first three rounds, and it's pick number 67. So, again, when we get to the draft, there will most likely have been a Deshaun Watson trade, and they will most likely have a lot of capital to play with. But until now, it's pick 67, and it's pretty grim. So what do you do if you decide to fix the edge? You can look at guys like Hamilcar Rashad Jr. out of Oregon State. Um you can you can hope that Patrick Jones at a pit falls there. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you can maybe look at like uh, Chris Rumpf at a Duke, who I I'm a fan of. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta fix it. Um, the cupboard is pretty bare right now, and again, that's going to be a theme. But it just it is what it is. Bill O'Brien left left things in a pretty dire situation and you lose JJ Watt who was just so good at what he did for so long and you just where the Jaguars are so ready to just fill all these slots it's just it's a bummer that the Texans aren't you know they I'm looking at the depth chart and when I I have my notes written down it's just it looks like the opposite of the Jaguars you know where I have all these whole all these um options and it's just not the same for the Texans so yeah with the edge rusher you have you know that's those are my options for now and you know unfortunately the Texans don't have a lot of cap room to deal with either so with edge that's about the options I have right now is you know if they decide to go that route you'd be looking at um you know guys like that that I had spoken about um wide receiver is also a position of need for the Texans you got Will Fuller is an upcoming free agent um Randall Cobb has two years left on his deal, but there is an out in his contract, um, which they will probably exercise because they are, you know, they are in cap hell right now. Uh, 
trying to get around that. I mean, they're... I, we can end up seeing a bunch of surprise cuts because we're going to get to another one when I get to the offensive line. Um, Brandon Cooks is is on the team. He's got the long-term deal. I wouldn't expect him to go anywhere. But, um, you know, again, wide receivers position they're going to have to address in the draft. But, again, with this one pick, that's this is going to be one of the harder teams I have to talk about on this, on this offseason show because, again, the cupboard is so bare. I need to also check what – picks they have outside of 67 because again it's tough I usually like to keep this at at just the first three rounds but with a team like the Texans it's it's made difficult for me (laughs) um and you look at wide receivers um you know who who do you have and forgive me I'm waiting on my um stuff to load right now and it's it's being a well yeah so even after 67, after that 67th pick when the Texans have to wait to draft, their next pick isn't until pick 100. I mean, Bill O'Brien, is he going to be even allowed in the city of Houston again after this? I mean, just based on what I've known from my scouting, if you want to wait until pick 67, or not until 67, if you want to make receiver the first pick, guys that will most likely be available, you're probably looking at, you can hope, I, he, I don't know. Uh, you can hope Amon Ross St. Brown from USC is there. I don't think he will be, but, I mean, you can pray that he'll be there. More than likely, you're – I mean, you can pray. I, I've become a big fan of Tamori Terry out of FSU. You can hope that a lot of the scouts haven't done their homework and that he slides there um, or that Nico Collins slides there. Realistically, again, you can hope that, like, Deami Brown falls to you or Amari Rogers. A lot of this is just hoping that guys like that slide there. Um, Dwayne, no way, Dwayne, no, Dwayne Esker, Jets of Fever Dream. Um, realistically, you're probably looking at like, you know, Daz Newsom, Sage Surratt, if you decide, if you look at third round, Seth Williams, guys like that. Um, and again, that's why Brandon Cooks is already there. So that one's not as dire as the, to me, it's not as dire as the edge situation because Brandon Cooks is already there. And you already have Randall Cobb there to help a younger guy get into the situation. So that one doesn't appear as dire right now. Um, to me, the you know the most dire one, and I'm going to get to it right now. Like I said, not necessarily in order. I will tell you as I get to it. I didn't write these down necessarily in order, but this is the worst one in, is the interior offensive line. And whoever the quarterback ends up being – is just this one is bad. The interior offensive line, as of right now, there. You go to the Texans website. There is not a center on their depth chart right now. Um, I I don't know who the backup was because I didn't write it down on here. But Nick Martin was their starter and he was cut. Um, again, I I I don't I didn't have the the backup written down because I just had Nick Martin as the starting center before I did the show had the show written down and then a few days ago Nick Martin was cut. Uh, it was a cap casualty, so I was like, okay, so now there is zero center on the official team depth, depth chart. Um, left guard Max Sharping was taken in the second round of 2019. He was already benched last season. Right guard Zach Fulton has one year left on his contract. You look at that, uh, I don't know who's behind Sharping. Again, I don't see anyone behind him. It, it's just, it's a mess. And again, who's with 67 and then pick a hundred, you just, this is like I said, I don't want to, it's hard to not talk about free agency because I am a draft show, but it's, 
there's only so much I can talk about with the Texans because the cupboard was, again, I feel like a broken record, but the cupboard was just left so darn bare. So you look at the, <laughs> you look at the interior offensive line, you can, you know, with that 67th pick, if, if you decide to go interior offensive line, um, Creed Humphrey, I don't think will be there. If you decide to go with a nice, you know, interior prospect like him, I don't think we'll be there. Uh, a guy like Quinn Miners, who just lit up the senior bowl would be a nice pick. If he ends up being there at 67, um, from Wisconsin whitewater, uh, the obvious comp for me is Ali Marpet who from Hobart, because I think that was the last instance of that, uh, 2015 drafty, uh, you know, little known college D three went to the senior bowl dominated, you know, and has been in the league going to be his seventh year now and just won a Super Bowl. So you can look like, you know, look at like Landon Dickerson, I think will be in that range. Um, and if you decide to not just do like a guy, someone who's projected to play center, you can try and just go for a guard. You go for Deontay Brown, who's a giant human being, 6'4", 350, just a mauler. Uh, yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker, no way he's going to be there. Um, Trey Smith might be there. It just depends on what what medically happens to him. He'll be interesting to follow. Uh, another giant dude, 6'6", 330, but the blood clot thing is just scary with him. Uh the doctors discovered the blood clots with him in 2018. It's just going to be something to monitor. It could cause him to fall, and it could just be one of those things where it's not that big of a deal. But, again, some teams get lucky that way. You feel bad for the player, but it ends up benefiting the team. Maurice Hurst fell. I don't remember his exact problem, but he fell to the Raiders and you know ended up being a steal for the Raiders. So, um, again, and again, it just feels weird talking about it like that, but that's the situation the Texans are in where you just have to hope that something like that happens that – has a you know where you have a player just fall into your lap like that so yeah the interior offensive line situation is a mess um and quarterback i had it written down but like i said i'm just gonna not talk about that until something happens there so the last one i'm gonna talk about right now for the texans is the cornerback position because that is another interesting one right now because uh two of their starters are set to be free agents and that is Vernon Hargraves and Garyon Conley. And I'm looking, yeah, three other guys were all former first-round picks. I, yeah, all for other teams. Garyon Conley was originally taken by the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Bradley Roby was taken by the Broncos. And Vernon Hargraves was taken by the Bucks. And Hargraves and Conley are both free agents, leaving Roby as the lone starting corner on the team. So again, this is a team that is in severe salary cap problems. So again, you need some help. You need to go out and, um, you know, that's what the draft is for. Uh, so after pick 6,700, they also have picks 113 and 131. I mean, this, it's just, uh, again, a corner though is a little bit easier because, Generally speaking, there are always just seem to be cornerback is generally the most selected position in the draft. Um, just because generally there are more of them entering. So guys like that, as I wait for, you know, my Google doc to load, I have, I have one for offensive players and one for defensive players. So when I look at my notes, um, it was just a lot easier for me to put all this digitally this year. But when you switch from offense to defense, uh, the loading always takes a little bit longer. Um, 
I appreciate y'all waiting. Yeah, generally defensive backs, there's always just more of them in the draft pool every year. So that's a little bit easier as a Texans fan if you're, you know, looking to draft those guys this year. Just as you're waiting, though, for like if, if you decide to go 67th pick, uh, again, this is all about like maybe hoping that a guy like Greg Newsom falls to you. I don't think he will. Um, again, that's another guy you can maybe hope that the injuries scare a team. I don't, I don't know. It's a guy with great length, six one. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if it will, but again, you can hope that that scares him, scares teams in the fall, making him fall to the third round. Um, realistically, though, third round, you're probably looking at like uh, again, I, maybe Benjamin St. Just, uh, Cameron Bynum at a Cal. Benjamin St. Just, by the way, is from Minnesota. Um, maybe if he had to Melifonwu from Syracuse. Looking at guys like that. If you decide to target them in the third round, possibly Aaron Williams. If you're going for a pure slot corner at a UCF, uh, if he slides to the to the third round, though, he's a very good slot corner, and you know, slot corners have it's thankfully, you know, as if I played defensive back, uh, finally have become have gotten the respect they've deserved. So he might not be there either. Um, you know, with all the the heavy receiver sets, the Position has finally gotten the value it's taken uh, the years it's deserved. So, yeah, corner, those are some guys that they could look at right there. But as it stands right now, they're losing two starters, leaving Bradley Roby the only um, starter from last season on the roster. And that's where it is with the Texans right now. Um, if you are a Texan fan listening, obviously you knew that this was – you guys are in for a um, – a rebuilding process right now too. And I think that's why Watson wants to move on. And I can't say I blame him. I mean, this is what happened with Ramsey. You know, we weren't happy either, but you know, we, we were, you know, unfortunately when the, when the front office, you know, ownership is inept like that, it's just, it upsets you as a fan, man. But you know, I just told you how, how bare the offensive line was too. And, And Watson, I believe is only 25. So, you could end up being close, you know, within a year or two, you could be in the situation that the Jaguars were in as well, though, where you have that multitude, multitude of draft picks. And if the Texans play their cards, right, they'll be getting it. They'll be drafting their own franchise quarterback this season. They won't even have to wait like the Jaguars did to draft their franchise quarterback. If they strike, you know, depending on the team, they strike their trade with like the Jets or someone like that. They, they could be drafting, you know, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields this year. So, it you know uh, my friend had talked to me about that. Uh, rebuilds don't take that long in the NFL anymore. They're not as crazy as they used to be. So yeah. With that being said, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts hold the twenty first, fifty fourth, and eighty fifth overall picks. And I should be able to move on a little faster now that we're on to the two better teams in the division. The Colts. Um, let's see. Colts don't have as much. Their biggest need before I did uh, when I was writing down my draft for the show, their biggest need was filled. Biggest need was quarterback. They fixed that with the Carson Wentz trade, so that's fixed. Um, now, cornerback uh, is definitely a need. Um, they're losing Xavier Rhodes as of now. Xavier Rhodes is a free agent. Um, and I was just talking about how important slot corner is. They already have that filled. Kenny Moore is one of the better slot corners in the entire league. They also have Rocky Sin on the other side, but and again the Colts are a really good team, but with losing Xavier Rhodes, 
make that defense already that defense is already really good, but you know, losing a guy like Xavier Rhodes, just fill that hole and draft another guy. That's what good uh, good organizations do, and that's what the Colts are. So just fill that hole with them. Um, let's see. I don't have them doing that with my current mock draft. I have them addressing that with the next position. But if they decide to go 21st pick, I was looking at, uh, you know, like J.C. Horn could be a guy there. I have him going 29th in my current mock draft. Like I said, corner's just – you know, corner, it just depends, like I said, on who falls in love with who at the position. Um, it could end up being someone like Asante Samuel Jr. Um, let's see. Like I said, when I go from when I go from uh, offense to defense on the Google Docs, it ends up taking a little bit longer. Um, I'll move on, though, while I'm waiting on that. Wide receiver is the next position for the Colts. Um, and you could argue that one might be a little more important. Um, yeah. And I was done with corner anyway. Greg Newsom's another one that I think they could target with the, who I think is being slept on. I'm a big Greg Newsom fan before I move on, before I forget Greg Newsom, I think could be a nice target if they decide to go that way. I think as of now, from what I've seen on the tape, uh, nice prospect would be a nice pick with the 21st pick, uh, as of now. Uh, wide receiver is, is a need for sure for the Colts right now as well. Um, T.Y. Hilton uh, is 31 years old and a free agent. He might not even be with the team. It's hard to believe. Um, I believe he's been there nine years. Yeah, he was drafted in 2012. Um, Zach Pascal is a restricted free agent. Uh, looking at the roster right now, they got some two nice young guys. Uh, well, three, but the two that I'm, you know, Desmond Patton, Looking at him, but the two main guys I'm talking about are Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell. Um, and if T.Y. Hilton's done, then his run in Indianapolis was great, but you want to give Carson Wentz as many weapons as he can to succeed. And my most recent mock draft, I have I would have the Colts replacing him with Terrace Marshall, who, because of, um, because of the 2019 LSU team with Jamar Chase and then COVID happening and LSU's offense just being putrid. Terrace Marshall, I don't think, has gotten as much respect as he deserved. He's he's a legitimate first round wide receiving talent. Um, and I think he would that would give them a nice trio of good young receiving targets to give Wentz the chance to succeed out there. And speaking of giving Carson Wentz a chance to succeed, the next big need for the Colts is offensive line. Um, big a big uh, problem with Carson Wentz is his durability. And he can't stay durable if he's on his back. And the Colts just lost Anthony Costanzo, starting left tackle, because he retired. And his backup, Chaz Green, is also a free agent, leaving no left tackles on the entire team. That will either need to be addressed in free agency or the draft. Uh, There just so happens to be plenty of tackles in the mid to late first round range this year, which that's a perfect scenario for the Colts with the 21st pick. This feels like... uh, same scenario I was talking about with the Jaguars with the 25th pick where they, you know, the Colts are going to have a big selection of guys like Sam Cosme, uh, Liam Eikenberg, Alex Leatherwood. I don't think Christian Derrishaw is going to be there, but the three guys I named before him would all be fine selections there, um, depending on, you know, guys that they would like to have there. And even if they decide to wait and go pick 54, uh, they could reunite Carson Wentz with his... Yeah, that's even who I have them picking at 54. Carson Wentz uh, 
is they didn't play college together, but he went to North Dakota State, and that's Dylan Radunes. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, um, but Dylan Radunes, uh, offensive tackle. You can go with him or someone else at the 54th. That range would be uh, just depend. Again, these are fluid rankings. Just you know, it depends on how scouts' minds could change in two months. But guy like Tevin Jenkins could be there. Jackson Carmen out of um, Clemson would be a choice around the 54 range. Um, guys like that to fix the left tackle position. Or you could always shift Braden Smith from right tackle to left tackle and then use one of the aforementioned names I said and put them at right tackle and have the more experienced guy protecting Wentz's blind side. <clears throat> Moving on, um, edge rush is a big position of need for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Danico Autry and Justin Houston are both free agent, set to be free agents for the Colts. Um, leaving two younger guys to come on in, you know, and be starters, Kamoko Ture and Ben Banagu. However, uh, Kamoko Ture only has one year left on his deal. Um, and that's only, you know, it's two guys. You need as many pass rushers as you can in the NFL. Um, so again, if they decide to go pass rusher, and this is an interesting, um, draft. This is, I was talking to a friend of mine, the NFL, uh, the draft this year, I don't know if there was one premier like last year, it was Chase Young, and the year before that, it was Nick Bosa. I don't know if there's a premier edge rusher in this draft. There's a lot of good ones. I just don't know if there's one guy that you would say is better than anyone else, which is interesting. And if the Colts decide to shore up uh, the edge rushing class, there's a lot of good options around 21 they can go with. Um, Greg Gregory Rousseau, who was looked at as a top 10 guy for a long time, and I think now People are starting to see he might be, and I was, I'd said I had some problems with him, and it seems like a lot of people are seeing, I'm not saying he's a bad player, I'm just saying people are seeing now that he might be a little bit more of a project. He's just a raw, a very raw prospect. A uh, guy like Greg Rousseau, uh, the t- and the Colts would be, you know, a good fit for a guy like Greg Rousseau, I think, for a couple reasons. They, they wouldn't need him to come in right away and be a superstar, A, because they're already a good team, and B, he has a beast like DeForest Buckner playing in the middle. Like, that would be a really good situation for a guy like Greg Rousseau. He wouldn't have to come in and be the savior because he's already on a good team and he's already got a beast eating up a lot of double teams on the inside. You can look at guys like Aziz Ojolari playing, uh, uh, getting drafted uh, 21st overall. That would be great for the Colts. Uh, you can go Joseph Osai out of Texas, another beast. Jalen Phillips out of Miami. A lot of good choices there if they decide to go there. Um, I'm excited to – that might be the, the first positional breakdown I do is the edge because it's interesting this year because there's so many – like a, uh, Carlos Basham because, like I said, there's a lot of guys – there's a lot – not a lot of separation, I feel, in the edge rusher class this year. Um, and the last one I'll do for the Colts is safety. Um, free safety, you know, uh, they have Julian Blackman – just drafted him last year. He's the strong safety. But free safety, Malik Hooker, they declined the fifth-year option on him, making him a free agent this year. So the Colts don't really have a – they don't have a free safety as of right now. George Odom is the backup. I would expect them to not go forward with him as the starter. So, you know, where do they go there? You know, if they decide to go safety, and that's, you know, I've already said how I feel about the safety position this year. Uh, if they decide to go – 21st, you know, like I said, you can go guys like um, Trevon Morig. Um, who did I already say? Uh, 
Trevon Morig or um, Richie. Oh, man, my brain's getting. <laughs> I have it written down too. Bear with me, guys. Richie Grant, thank you. Ooh, that took a while. Yeah, you can get like guys like Teron Morig or Richie Grant, or you know, they can maybe wait and just hope that it's some. I don't think he will be there, but they can hope like Andre Cisco is there at fifty three or Javon Holland. I don't think they will be, but. If they decide to go later, they can uh, pray that that happens or, you know, wait on um, a later prospect if they decide to do that later in the draft. Um, I don't think that's as pressing of a need, though, for them for right now. Um, but that's how I have it shaken out for the Colts. Like I said, I told you guys, when we get to the better teams, it's not the, – the, the needs are not as pressing. And with the Colts, they, they address their biggest need already with the, the Carson Wentz trade. And they already have um they already have Jacob Eason on the roster as well, so they don't, I don't believe they will draft a quarterback this year. So that was already addressed. So the Colts were a faster one to do. Uh, moving on to the division champion Tennessee Titans to wrap this one up. The Titans hold the number twenty two, fifty three, and eighty six picks in the draft this year. Um, and for me, uh. The edge is something that are, that they are definitely going to need to shore up. Uh, that's what I have them addressing with the number twenty-two overall pick right away. But before I get to that, um, you got Jadavion Clowney. They they signed him to the one-year deal. He's a free agent. Don't know what they're going to do with him yet. Um, Harold Landry only has one year left on his um, on his deal. Uh, I'll just I'll throw a defensive line on here too because that's another need I have for the team. Um, defensive and I have them addressing that too in my mock draft. Uh, Daquan Jones and Jack Crawford are both free agents. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of guys I just named just on defensive line and edge. Jadavion Clowney is a free agent. Daquan Jones is a free agent. Jack Crawford is also Harold Landry only has one year left on his rookie deal. You got to shore that up. And again, that's what the draft is for is to, you know, reload, and the Titans, again, are already in a good position. That's what playoff teams do. Um, with the 22nd pick, I have the Titans addressing that and going after Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. Uh, and if they decide not to do that, other guys in that area would be Joseph Osai out of Texas, Aziz Ojolari out of UGA. Uh, and I have the Titans addressing the defensive line situation with the 53rd overall pick with Levi Anwuzarike, out of Washington, who I had addressed earlier, is like that traditional run-stuffing uh, one-tech, three-tech uh, player. They could go Marvin Wilson if they decide to out of Florida State would fit that range. Uh, Jay Tufele, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, Tufele at a USC is a just strong-as-hell interior defensive lineman at a USC. Someone else if they decide to go with. Um, but yeah, I think that's you're, you're going to see the um, the Titans be pretty active on the the front seven side of the ball. Um, Jam Brown is also a free agent, but he's a linebacker, so I didn't throw that as as pressing of a need as just the edge and, like I said, the defensive line uh, part of the field. Um, moving forward, uh, wide receiver is going to be an important one, and as of yesterday, it just became even more important. You can argue that that's 1A, to 1B with the edge and defensive line position because they just caught Adam Humphreys very recently. Um, Corey Davis, their first-round draft pick from 2017, is set to be a free agent. 
Um, and then Khalif Raymond is a free agent. You know, he's, you know, a lot lesser profile than the other guys, but he's still wide receiver on the team. So they're losing Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and then Khalif Raymond leaving A.J. Brown, who was my number one wide receiver prospect, by the way, in 2019. I know Metcalf, DK Metcalf has been a star, but A.J. Brown flew under a lot of people's radar, Didn't get, hasn't gotten enough, I don't feel like he's gotten enough credit as the absolute beast he's been so far. He was the, you know, the pro football writers, all-rookie team in 2019, and he's been a pro bowl, he made the pro bowl last year, I believe he did. Uh, he's been a beast, man, but again, the depth chart is pretty bare as I'm looking at it now. It's you know it's AJ Brown, Cameron Batson, and Nick Westbrook Akeem. Uh, Got to fix that. And you know again that's what the draft is for. Um, looking at the Titans with picks 22, 53, and 86. If they decide to go pick 22, I haven't gotten to talk about the receiving class much as much today. I feel like at least not in the t- pick 22 position. If they decide to go that route, again, I have the Colts pick and Terrace Marshall at 21. If they don't grab him, the Titans could grab a guy like Terrace Marshall right there. Uh, you could also go with someone like Kadarius Toney, who is, you know, uh, just a slot nightmare. I don't know how much I would enjoy putting him on the outside right now, but again, that's, you know, they have A.J. Brown for that now. Um Kadarius Tony looks like another one of those guys earlier that I mentioned, just uh, that new school, just a weapon where you could just throw him all over the field and just gas defenses out. Um, Rashad Bateman's another good choice for them should they decide to go that direction if they want to wait a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, like guys like Deami Brown could be there. Um, let's see. Daz Newsom, I mean, well, I don't know. As I said that, I don't know if Daz Newsom, I don't know if they, if he would be in the second round or not. You can go, I'm in, there, there you go. Here, it pulled up. I'm an Amon Ross St. Brown would be a, a, a very nice pick, I think. I don't know if he would be there, though. Someone that's starting to come up my board um, a lot more. I think he's being slightly undervalued by a lot of people. Amon Ross St. Brown out of um, uh, Southern Cal. I think would be a nice pick by the Titans at 53. Again, I think he's being slightly undervalued. Um, or you could get Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Uh, you know, get another Ole Miss guy to go with A.J. Brown. Um, you know, another smaller guy, 5'9", but again, that's what you already have A.J. Brown there for. I don't think A.J. Brown's a big guy. Yeah, A.J. Brown's only six foot, but again, he's, you know, that's big enough for what he does, the way A.J. Brown plays. And you get a smaller guy like Elijah Moore out there, if you decide to go that route and, you know, stretch the defenses out. But, yeah, you would need to – the Titans are going to need to address the receiving position and the other receiving position on the field, which is tight end. Um, Jonu Smith and Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swaim are all set to become free agents, leaving Anthony Ferkser the only um, active tight end on the roster right now. Jonu Smith is obviously the one that really hurts because he's been – Fantastic for the Titans in his time there. So you you fix that by, you know, like I said, either addressing it in free agency or this is a draft podcast, so you address it by the draft. And uh, should the Titans decide to go there in 22, you can either go, like I said, the big three this year of tight ends is is Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, or Brevin Jordan. Pitts won't be there, so Pat Fryermuth plays the kind of football that I think Mike Vrabel would appreciate. He's an absolute smasher. 
Um, and he's a good receiver. And I think that that would actually be – that could end up being a very uh, fitting pick for the style of ball that they play in Tennessee. He could go in there and open up all kinds of running lanes for Derrick Henry – and he's that new school tight end man, where he just he doesn't just block and break noses. He you know he does that, but he also you know he also runs a nice route. He catches contested balls. He you know he he you know he's a receiver who just he who just also happens to open up lanes and does all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, he won't be there at fifty three. So uh, twenty two, you could you know maybe over. Uh, overdraft him by a little bit should you decide to grab him early or you could try to trade back and pray or you know just take him at 22 if you decide to address it right there so with that being said i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the afc south um uh the afc south um outlook show and hopefully this one went off okay i haven't done one of these in a while and i'm i'm glad to do it again um if you guys want your division to be next, you can email me at profootballdraftjunkie at gmail.com. I haven't even decided which one I'm going to do next, but yeah, I changed a couple things up and I'm going to see when I listen back and how I enjoyed, how I liked this show and see if I want to change it up because I hadn't, since I revitalized the podcast this year from a couple years past, I'm going to, there were things I wanted to try different, and I'll see after this show if I want to keep it that way or if I want to try things different for the next divisional show. But I'm really happy to be doing this again. If anyone has any ideas on how they'd like me to do other shows while I do my divisional breakdown shows, just I'm always open for ideas. Like I said, it's profootballdraftjunkie at gmail.com, and I look forward to giving you guys as much draft content as I can, and I will, uh, I will see you guys soon. Take care.